So, so I was teaching someone, um, you see all the elements here, right? Uh, kind of hints, but this is um, uh, the question, I think, uh, why, we, why we come to church. And um, this is all that we receive as God gives us the gifts. So uh, this is kind of the picture of what you guys receive every Sunday. And again, it really does put it into perspective uh, what service is about as God works upon us and, and, and feeds us. Uh, but also it kind of um, clarifies, uh, like I was telling this person, you know, I'm always, I'm always teaching you 10 years down the line. So I'm not teaching you right now, but I'm always teaching you 10 years ahead. That is, you know, when you have children, let's say, um, and I was teaching this, uh, I was teaching him yesterday, Saturday morning here, but uh, I, I was saying, this is what you're going to tell your kid when he says, Dad, do we have to go to church today? And your answer, I told this gentleman, was, don't say, yes, this is what we just have to do. Or, yes, this is what we've always done all our lives, so we just got to go. And, and then the kid will say, well, why? I mean, Johnny, the neighbor is chilling at home. Like, why can't we chill? Because... Uh, this is what we do, so let's just go. And I'm like, no, no, you're going to tell your kid, this is what God gives to you to feed you, the very gifts that give you peace and joy and ultimately the forgiveness of sins. And that's, I think, the picture that we should all, for, for ourselves, um, as we come to church, remember what a great time it is to receive. So anyways, that was my introduction today. All right. Um, but... Uh, but always thinking ahead. I think that's the thing. You know, being a pastor, it's always uh, looking at the long run and saying, what I'm teaching them now, how that will shape them then, if that makes sense. I don't know if you know what I mean, but I'm always looking at the, uh, the long term, and uh, that's why we teach so much, literally, literally teach so much here um, at church. So um, remember that of why you come to church. Because I think a lot of times we can forget the, what's the word? The purpose uh, of that. Um, all right. Hebrews 9. I think we're on the new, yeah, we're on the new one, right? Um, I think we finished last week, according to YouTube. And um, that's how I know where I am. According to YouTube, Jeff, you should totally play a trick on me and put the wrong verses up. So I'm like, oh, yeah, we're already done with that. And I'd have no idea. But um, all right. Uh, so today, uh, why don't we begin uh, with a word of prayer? Our dear Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you uh, for this word this morning. Bless us in your gifts, knowing full well that what is written, it is so. That one word can fell him and that, Lord, that you uh, give us uh, the victory uh, through your death and resurrection. Thank you for this day, for your word. Sanctify us in your truth as we study um, your word. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. So uh, last week, uh, we continued on with the, uh, the blood of goats and bulls and, and the sprinkling of defiled persons, verse 13, the ashes with the water sanctifying the outer, right? Uh, but here in verse 14, um, uh, how much more will the blood of Christ, right? Uh, without blemish, again, 
His sinlessness, His holiness. What's the result? Purifying our conscience from dead works. Remember, dead works are of without faith. Right? Without faith, uh, there, is no, uh, there is no alive work, but rather it is a dead work. But rather, last week we ended with... Um, sorry, I need my coffee. Um, oh, no. No, it's okay. I know. Um, I'm wireless. I can walk around anywhere. Um, we're good. <laughs> um, but, uh, but how we serve the living God, uh, that's how we concluded last week. Uh, with what that means to serve, remember? Uh, and how we serve under His name, by the redemption, free to serve. Uh, that is forgiven already of our sins by the body and blood of Jesus. And, and here now, uh, the writer goes on to a, uh, as he always does, uh, w- with, a, uh, with a better and new, new covenant. Uh, so why don't we read this together? Uh, if everyone, everyone has a handout, right? I think I made enough today. Um, yeah, good service this morning. Anyways, uh, yeah, verse 15, sorry. Verse 15, so could read that for me. Someone could read that. For this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant, that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance, now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. All right, so clearly, right, uh, the OT priests, um, Old Testament priests, uh, sacrificed for, uh, for the people, but also themselves. Uh, yet the true mediator between God and man is in this new covenant, and that is of Christ. That covenant is, uh, that as a mediator, his own sacrifice. As you look at your notes, um, that Christ has liberated us and has given us eternal inheritance. Now, here we see, as the mediator, right, uh, from Moses in the Old Testament uh, to Jesus as the eternal mediator who gives us the better, the new covenant, that is once and for all sacrifice. No need for re-repeating this sacrificial system. Um, yeah, I know Pete, Pete gave the kids a question, like, who are the Levites? And I said, um, as a joke, as a joke, sorry, I don't know if this, I should say this, but as a joke, I said, oh yeah, he, he made them wear jeans. <laughs> Oh, you like, oh, that was funny. Oh, nice. My kids were like, Dad, that is so corny. Right? He made them wear jeans. Uh, so I, they didn't believe me. Anyways, um, <laughs> I know my dad jokes get cornier and cornier as I get older. I can't wait till the grandkids. Um, I'm super corny. That's right. I, I'm jumping ahead. I know. But Abe's already 15, you know? Almost there. Anyways, uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh man. Anyways, uh, okay. So, um, anyways, too much, too much information. All right. What does this mean when it says right here, uh, so that those who are called, right, may receive the the promised eternal inheritance? Now, <clears throat> when we talk about uh, being called. You look at your notes right there. Um, and I used every, the uh, control U and control B for underline and bold. At the same time, too. I, my mind is like overwhelmed with all these designs. 
Um, but the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel. This is Article 3, Apostles' Creed, right? We always say it uh, on Sundays. Uh, and you should say this every day, of course. But I believe in the Holy Spirit. What does that mean, right? That the Holy Spirit has called me how? By the gospel, enlightened me with what? With his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. So when we talk about being called, it is not, this is not a calling in a sense of like uh, what, what some would call double predestination. But this calling is, how do we know that we are called? And we talked about this uh, predestination, uh, that Bible study that we've done, I think six months ago, maybe. Uh, but uh, when we are called, uh, the question is, as we look at the Apostles' Creed, Article 3, I believe uh, that by my, not by my own human reason or strength, right, did I come to him, uh, but the Holy Spirit has called me. How does, how does the Holy Spirit call you? How does the Holy Spirit call you? And it says right there in bold. Um, <laughs> <laughs> by, the, by the gospel, right? I mean, that's how you know. By what Jesus has done for you. Not by what you have done for Jesus, but by what Jesus has done for you. Um, and, and this is very important about how you are called to the new covenant through the mediator, Jesus Christ. Now, I say this because... Um, um, what the writer is showing them is that this is the fulfillment of all uh, that was commanded in the Old Testament, that here is the mediator, here is the new covenant, uh, the fulfillment of all that they had done, and that is by the body and blood of Jesus. It's by his work. That is, there is no more need uh, for their sacrifices. There is no more need uh, for the Old Testament in a sense of, uh, the the uh, the sacrifices yearly, daily, and all these things, but Jesus is the fulfillment of that, right? So, so we see right here what we talk about being called. This is very important because when someone asks you, um, "How did you come to believe in Jesus Christ?" Well, you'll say, "You'll this will be your first thing. It'll be the gospel. It's it's uh, His body and blood two thousand years ago that died and rose for me. That's how you were called." Very important, because, again, uh, what can we easily say, well, another time where I made that commitment or I gave my life to the Lord? All these kind of verbiages that really put us in that I position or in that subject to the verb position. But here the Holy Spirit calls us by the gospel, and that is ultimately the... The word, when you, faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of Christ, right? So, so here we see, when we talk about being called, very important, enlighten me with his gifts. How are you enlightened? How are you illumined? By his gifts, right? It says right there, by his word. What is that word? His gifts are not only the, the gospel, but flowing from the gospel uh, is the word and the sacrament, right? Just like that picture we, we showed you earlier uh, about church and what that's about, that you are enlightened by his gifts. So last week we had a, uh, a baptism, right, uh, for the little baby. Um, and um, I know soon enough we'll have another baptism here soon, probably within probably the, a month or so right before Easter um, for more of an older person. But, but uh, uh, 
that we are enlightened by his gifts, and that is the gift of God's word and sacrament, right? That that very word calls us. So when we talk about being called and sanctified and kept in the true faith, this is all ultimately through the word, right? And that's why you're here right now, right now at 9.46 p.m. a.m. Um, <laughs> Um, it's, it's, it's PM somewhere, right? Anyways, um, but, but, but the word, oh, you know, I got the rainbow wheel. My iMac rainbow wheel is always like struggling to, to process things. Uh, but, uh, um, uh, but that word is uh, to which calls us. So when we talk about our faith, uh, that word is Christ. And that is where our faith clings. Very important when it comes to the new covenant, as the writer talks about here, because the way we answer this, honestly, that is where our faith is. So, so again, if our trust is in ourselves, or if we say, I've done this, I've done that, then ultimately our faith is in ourselves. Now, when, when we go strictly to the word and our faith is confided in, in what he has given, of course, the sermon title this morning is what? It is written. I always ask my kids that when I get home. What's the sermon title, kids? Um... Jesus? Uh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, um, uh, so it is written uh, because by that very word, uh, there our faith is, right? And, and that's how we're called. Very important um, in, in terms of how we are called. So here in verse 15, uh, since a death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions of the first covenant, co- covenant Jesus is the fulfillment, Right? So, so the OT sacrifices do not act autonomously or individually from anything else, but they are actually looking forward to an anticipation for what is to come in the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Um, yeah. Uh, Hebrews um, 1.4. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Right? So there is that... Uh, the, the OT sacrifices weren't the finality, but rather an anticipation for what was to come. And this was a struggle, right? It was, do we just do this, or is this an anticipation, or let's just go back to that, because, well, that's what we know, and, and here the writer saying, no, 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 this is the new covenant, this is the fulfillment, and it ends with Christ, because he fulfills all things. Um, since a death has occurred that redeems them, from the transgressions of the first covenant, and that is the death of Christ. All right, uh, verse 16 and 17, if someone could read that for me. In the case of the will, it is necessary to prove the death of the one who made... Sorry. It is necessary to prove the death of the one who made it, because a will is in force only when somebody has died. It never takes effect while the one who made it is living. That's right. So um, when you have a will, um, I'm not going to ask you what your will is. That'd be a sensitive conversation here <laughs> on YouTube. But uh, you all, well, I don't know if you have a will yet or not. I'm not going to ask, but I, I, you su- I suppose you should have one um, if um, you're prepared um, or not. I don't know how that goes yet. Still figuring that out. Anyways, but uh, um, with any will, uh, there it only takes an effect when what? 
So, so uh, hypothetically, I'm not going to go to Don and say, you know, if I was, let's say, I was his, uh, I was his kid. Let's say, oh, that's a that's a weird hypothetical right here. Uh, but, but I'd be like, Don, well, uh, hey, let's let's get that will out now and let's get that done. No, this is this is uh, this is uh, after his death, right? Um, and, and that's how the will is given and, and there the benefits will be bestowed, right? So that, that will is only to take effect by death. Now, why is that important when it comes to the death of Christ? Of course. Like, why is that important? Anyone? The death of Jesus. Why is that important? Why doesn't he bestow, in a sense, um, oh, no, we don't, it's just like, a, oh, we don't need to do that thing on the cross, you know? Let's just... Uh, Yeah, yeah. And it's the delivery of the promise, right? Uh, through his death. And that's when the will takes effect, right? So by his death, there all, the, all that God had promised would uh, come to fruition. Exactly, right? Uh, and there, uh, there the Lord would give them that promise. Now, Again, can uh, the sacrifice of the blood and goats, uh, the, the goats, uh, bulls and goats, can that, by their death, uh, can, can they deliver the same thing that Jesus in his death and his will, would, it take, would that be the same effect? And the answer is no, right? Uh, because, I mean, uniquely it's what? It's that the repeated, the repeated sacrifices that they, they needed to do, and now when Jesus came, One and done, it is perfect. All, all atoning sacrifice, right? And by his death, that means his will is nice. All right. And what is the will of God? Catechism, guys. Breaks and hinders the devil, right? Breaks and hinders the devil. And also uh, that he also brings salvation and, and life and forgiveness to us, of course, and also keeps us firm in the faith. Keeps too firm. No, keeps us firm in faith until our blessed end, right? And this is the will of God. So when we talk about the will of God, it is, and how do we know that it is done? By his very death. So when you talk about uh, the devil uh, 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 harassing you with every... Accusation, hurling every assault at you in temptation. There you go back to the will of God and say, yes, I know this is done by the death that was given to me by his cross. And this is what I have received for the forgiveness of my sins. Right? Um, and this is the will. It only takes into effect uh, by his very death. So what does that say about Jesus for you? That this was the only way for the benefits that you so freely are given. It's not like, I don't know how it goes to families, but I've watched too much Dateline where I'm jaded by how families go. But I know that like, uh, you know, you see those movies where everyone's like, okay, we have uh, our dad and we want him to give us 
more of his will and we, we're going to be super nice to him because we know there's a lot at stake. I know that sounds so convoluted and so like, oh, no, Marjorie's saying no, that's completely normal. Oh, yeah? I, I'm so naive. I, my brothers and I, we just like, oh, yeah, all right, all right. Yeah, but are torn apart by wills. It's, it's just shocking. Yeah, I, because uh, there's a lot there and we won't go through it. But um, wait, I don't know what I was talking what was I talking about? I, about the fact that they're all trying to be nice to him because there's a lot at stake. Yeah, and when we talk about the will of God, this is totally different. This is not what we do, in a sense. I'm trying to translate that to, this is not, okay, I'm trying to gain favor with God, and then when he dies, he will forgive me. No, we are dead in our sin, and his will needs to be done, and that's only by his sacrifice upon the cross in his death. That, that's our faith, right? And it takes an effect because he died. Like, that's how much... Jesus loves you. I know, right? It's like, what else is there to say when we talk about the will of God and how it is done? This is our faith and how unique this is because there's no other word religion that says we believe in someone who dies for us and forgives us of our sins. World religion is, (laughs) let's get on the good side of that will. And get there and be benefited by that when we die, right? For us, it's, no, it's by his death and his will is done. Think about that. I mean, this is, this is our faith. And why is that so comforting that this is your faith? Why is this so comforting that this is your faith? Anyone? Because it takes the burden away from you. The burden away from you, the weight of sin. Of yeah, course, you right? Yeah, you can let it go. And just trust that Jesus is already covered. All already covered, covered, right? You don't So worry is the opposite of a assurance. I told you, 10, day, 10 years from now, I'm just going to be mouthing words. You're going to be doing the whole Bible study for me. That's going to be awesome. I was telling Jeff, like, anyways, I won't tell you what I told Jeff earlier. <laughs> no, it was nothing bad. I just, anyways. What do you say? But, uh, um, uh, but no, this is, this is the will of God, right? So when we talk about the will that it only takes by death, that it takes its effect, uh, this is the cost of your salvation is the death upon the cross. And um, that is your assurance. As, as Ashley said, you know, this is, this is your confidence. This is your, your assurance knowing full well that you're forgiven of your sins. That's what takes an effect when he died, right? So when we, when we say... It sounds too, I mean, I'm, I guess that sounds good, our, our, our conscience says, and maybe I have to do enough, or maybe, I, have I done enough? Um, and, and the devil will continue to pile that on, saying, well, you haven't, so do more. And, uh, you know, Jesus is enough. He's a true king, he says, but come on, you, you, gotta, you gotta earn it. Uh, and, and there we go back, again, to his will. Thy will be done, right? Do you pray that often? Uh, I pray that you do. Because there you see Jesus, right? And what a great will that is for you, knowing that you can rest in the new covenant, the altering sacrifice, Jesus Christ, which again is superior, right, to the first, the fulfillment of the first covenant. So uh, this is the, the picture that we have here. Uh, verse 18, if someone could read that, verse 18. Okay, so you see, now what is the writer trying to do here? 
He's trying to bring in... Yeah, time together, right? So he's not. So, so again, that not only is this a new covenant and a better covenant, but it, they're at, they actually um, connect, right? That it's by blood. Everything is by blood, um, and uh, there again in the supper, what are we drinking? In with and under the bread and wine, there is the body and blood, blood, <laughs> blood of Jesus, right? I mean, there you receive uh, by his will, his testament, that you are forgiven of your sins in that command. Think about that. Right then and there you are forgiven of your sins. All of your sins are washed away. This is not a churchy thing to do, or this is not what we're doing for God, but actually, as I said earlier, this is what God does for us. Right? We, we go to the doctor. Oh, we should go to the doctor, I think. We should. I tell myself that every day. But we should. But uh, when we're sick, we... we we have that doctor on speed dial, don't we? Well, probably not on speed dial. I have to Google my insurance, make sure. Well, which doctor do I go to again? <laughs> Who's under my network? <laughs> Is he? Wait, what doctor should we choose? Anyways, uh, but uh, when it comes to sins, is that... Is the word on speed dial, you think, sometimes in our flesh? Do we say, oh, no, you know, that, that can wait. I'll just figure it out later. Uh, you know, sin is truly a sickness. And here by God's word, his will takes an effect by his death. All that takes to an effect by his death, there he delivers you the promise, the remedy, right? Um, yeah, and this is his blood, by his blood. From the Old Testament to the New, all by the blood, Right? And that's why we come here. That's why we hear God's word. That's why we receive it, because we know that it's Jesus. And that's what we need to hear. All right. um, Verse 19 to 21, if someone could read that for me. Verse 19 to 21. For when every commandment of the law has been declared by Moses to all the people, he took the blood of calves and goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop, and sprinkled both the book itself and all the people, saying, Oh, did I leave it on the cliffhanger there? Um, Oh, I didn't leave it on the cliffhanger. This is the blood of the covenant that God commanded for you. And in the same way, he sprinkled with blood both the tent and all the vessels used in worship. All right, so the blood uh, was an act of uh, making things holy and set apart, Right? Uh, this is what they would do in the Old Testament. You look at your notes. Um, the covenant, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do according to Exodus 24, and we will be obedient. This is, uh, this is that what was set before them and what they were to do in the book of Exodus and following in the Old Testament. Uh, but there we see uh, every commandment. Uh, he took the blood of calves and goats, sprinkled both uh, the book itself and all the people. And we see right here, uh, with water and scarlet wool again, water to, um, uh, was used uh, to increase not only the volume of blood, uh, but to prevent coagulation. Um, but also uh, scarlet wool was used to soak up the blood with a hyssop branch, purge me with hyssop, right? Um, and, and I will be as uh, white as snow. And here we see, uh, I believe, the hyssop branch uh, that was used... Uh, when Jesus was thirsting, 
uh, here as well, the hyssop branch on the cross. And here we see the hyssop branch being used uh, as a sprinkler, in a sense, kind of a, a, a tool to sprinkle the tent and all of its furnishings to uh, really bring uh, the holiness to the table being set apart, right? So that blood was used in this, in this manner uh, in order to uh, set, especially the tent and the vessels used in worship, uh, set apart as sanctified things in a sense of what, uh, what was deemed for service to the people. So blood was used, again, uh, not only uh, uh, in a sense for our sins, but also for the tent and all its furnishings. And this is the picture of uh, what it means to be set apart. And that blood that covers you, you are set apart. Right? Like, we live in a world, don't we? We do? Do we live in the world? But we are set apart as Christians by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. And that set apart means we are holy, uh, blameless, and forgiven of our sins. And, And again, that's what I pray with my kids every morning, especially with Abe. Uh, as he's going into the world, as he goes to school. Um, important. Anyways, yes? Is it a stretch to think that part of the reason that it was blood and water, I mean, not to just distribute more, but water as in thinking of baptism? Um, interesting. Um, huh. That's interesting. I'll, I, it, it not, I wouldn't say it's a stretch stretch, but it might... Slight, but no, I, I'll look into that. I think that's an interesting thing. You remember Jesus, you know, when he was pierced on his side, what happened? Yeah, blood and water. So again, um, and we see that in a baptismal way as well, that water that covers us. So again, not a, not a full-on terra ligament stretch, <laughs> but definitely, oh, oh, all right. Oh, no, that's good. All right, so, <laughs> sorry, I don't want you to... Yeah, that 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 might. Yeah, I I'd have to look into that too. But uh, but no, I, I think I think the key is again, um, just from a uh, surface level, it, it is that uh, increase increase of use of that blood. So well, I guess we'll at this point in time though, when they received all of these instructions, they had already crossed through. Yeah, Exodus 34, Exodus 25. Yeah, yeah, they have. They've already done it. So, um, yeah, yeah, again. um, Anyways, uh, why don't we continue on here? Uh, Verse 22. Verse 22. Almost all things are by the law, first the blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. All right. So? Clearer, right? Um, forgiveness of sins, remission of sins. Uh, this is all by the, the blood. Everything is of the blood. Um, not just any blood, but the blood of Christ. So how do you know you're a Christian? All by the blood of Christ I wish that for you. Right? His will is taken into effect by his death. 
Therefore, all the dominoes, in a sense, um, the, the, not the dominoes fall, that sounds so negative, but all, all, <laughs> all the uh, gifts that he gives is through his death. So when he dies upon the cross, and again, his blood is shed, and they pierce his side, and, and water flows out, this is a picture of God giving life to the world. And that is proved, of course, three days later by his resurrection, right? Because uh, if, if Christ was not raised, we would still be in our sins, right? So it, it's by that gift of the gospel that uh, there is a forgiveness of sins. So are you forgiven? The answer is yes, yes right? Uh, are you? Yes. You sure? Yes. Um, yeah, that's right, all by the blood, right? Uh, which takes into effect by his death upon the cross. Yeah, that's what, that's what we need to hear all the time because, uh, um, you know, what was I going to say? Uh, a lot of people think Christianity is what? That's right. Do a lot of people believe that? Yes. On the periphery? Oh, you Christians. You all just have these commandments, just like every other world religion. You just got to follow them, and if you're good enough, you'll be with God, right? Uh, is that... Is that what? They also think it's old fashioned and not needed today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But here we do need it, right? Uh, The the shedding of his blood for the forgiveness of our sins. So, again, uh, the ultimate bloodshed is Christ. The atonement is Christ. uh, And uh, that price is his blood, right? Not by silver or gold, but by his holy, precious blood so that I may be his own and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness. Right? Serving the one true God, as we talked about last week. But it's by that blood that we are his own. The devil, he has the playbook. Trust me. And he will go every which way to say, that's not enough. You need to do more. And that's why we flee to God's word every single time, because there we see his blood, the gospel the forgiveness of our sins, right? And that's why we're here, bar none, right? Um, Because that's what we need. Anyways, uh, verse 23, verse 23. So can read that. It was necessary then for the copies of the heavenly kings to be purified with these sacrifices, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. All right. So, um, so the copies of heavenly things. Uh, so the copies, in, in a sense, if you look at your notes, is the earthly things that foreshadow what was to come, right? And, and again, what, what is the author trying to do here with the copies? When there's a copy, just like I copied this paper, because mine's special, because mine has a staple. <laughs> right, just like two pages usually. Um, but it's a, but the copy that you have is a copy of the original. And well, I guess in a sense, I'm coming from the Bible. So that's the original copy of the copy of the copy. Um, and, uh, when we talk about copy, we talk about original, what's always better? Original, right? They don't make dishwashers like they used to. Isn't that what we always hear? 
Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, I don't know if that's a good comparison with Christ, but the point is, is that he is the one who gives us uh, the benefits. He is the ultimate, the original, because he is God. And, and here we see right here, wait, what do we read in verse 23 here? We read... Um, let me read it for you again. Thus, it was necessary for the copies of heavenly things to be purified with these rites. Again, uh, we'll talk about these rites, uh, the blood, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. Right? So, uh, when we talk about the better sacrifices than these, you know, what are the heavenly things? And this is an interesting one. I was looking kind of in my commentaries on this one because uh, there are many uh, kind of perspectives of what these heavenly things are. But what do you think these, that later part of verse 23, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these? What does that mean um, in verse 23? Anyone? Mm-hmm. of heaven itself in the presence of God. Yes. So the only thing they had at that point in time to um, purify or whatever you Earthly tabernacle, yeah. Earthly tabernacle mm-hmm. or earthly sacrifices of mm-hmm. the animals. Yeah. And even those sacrifices were copies. Yeah, everything was Christ a sacrifice. It's true blood. <laughs> so the uh, the earthly things versus heavenly things. The heavenly things is the New Testament. Oh, Dean. <laughs> no. <laughs> Dean. I gotta be allowed to say it like. <laughs> <laughs> and the heavenly things would teach us that from day one of Earth when the troubles came, and so like the plan and Jesus was already there. The plan was already there in the heavenly. Yeah, Genesis 1, John 1, right? Yeah. Beginning was the Word, the Word was with God. That's right. Didn't want to... uh, And then he had to come to earth to make it happen in the earthly, but it was always put in place in the heavenly. So when we talk about the way to God, that heavenly thing is through his blood, death, that takes effect. Uh, by by his very will, which is your salvation, right? So the copies, it's a foretelling, and they're the ultimate way to heaven, or these heavenly things are of the blood of Christ that sets it in place by his very death, his will for you. Like, when, when, when the will of God, it's like these floodgates open up at his death. I mean, I'm not talking floodgates of ravaging water that destroy us, but floodgates of, of grace, that is upon grace upon grace, right? Full of grace and truth. And this is, you know, we, 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 uh, what do we say in the communion collect or in the communion liturgy? We say, uh, this is the foretaste of the feast that is to come, right? Sorry, my facial expressions are so, um, but it, it is a foretaste, Right? Right? This is, we are anticipating what? The last 
day, his return. And, and until then, we feast like manna from heaven. In the Old Testament, we feast on the body and blood of Jesus as a foretaste of what is to come. And that is, what is to come is the original. And, and that is, um, uh, in his body and blood, there, uh, through that communion, uh, there not only are we forgiven of our sins, but there we look at, we fix our eyes on Jesus and what he has come to do for us. And, and this is the picture of the heavenly things, right? So when we talk about how do you know of these heavenly things, it is Jesus, right? Gospel, death and resurrection, sacraments. This is the heavenly things that the copies were looking forward to because it came from the original, right? This is what the Lord called Moses and the people to erect, right? In, in the tabernacle and all these things. And here it would be a fulfillment in Christ. Now, again, the, the, the disconnect was what? Nope. This is not a copy. This is what we do. Uh, the copy is original, and we're just going to stay there. No, it, it's always looking forward to Christ and, and what he has done, right? Okay. Where are we? Verse 24? Let's do one more. One more, right? We don't have time. For Christ did not enter a man-made sanctuary that was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself now to appear for us. All right. So ascension, maybe we think in here uh, to the right hand of God on our huper, on our behalf. So uh, when we talk about heaven on our behalf, the the, the curtain uh, torn into two. uh, Why? What is on our behalf? What does that mean? On our behalf. Yeah, so... Uh, because we can't. Mm. Because of our sin, we can't stand before God. Jesus must be our intercessor. So on our behalf is what type of language? It's a... Gift. Almost. Gift. <laughs> a G word. Gospel gift language, right? On our behalf. It's always the gospel gift language uh, to which our Lord has brought us. Um, as he reconciled us and ascended to the right hand of God, assuming all divine authority. Why is that ascension so important? Because we know that God promises to be where he is, including in Holy Communion, including with us by his word, I will be with you until the end of the age, uh, where two or three are gathered, I will be with you. And, and this is the picture of who our Lord is on behalf of us, as our intercessors, Ashley said, um, in the heavenly things. And there we are resting assured that his sacrifice uh, is is sufficient, is far surpassing, and is eternal for us. And that is why we are fully uh, assured uh, of these heavenly things given to us by our Lord. Um, yes. Um, I drive 40 on the freeway. I'm kidding. Um, 65, 65. Uh, but I'm trying to get my gas mileage. Um, I'm trying to not put on the pedal too much. It ruins the gas mileage. So in this day and age, we have to be careful with that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but no, I, I think it's, uh, we'll, we'll stop there. But uh, verse 24, remember, um, he did not enter holy places made with human hands. And that is what the Old Testament priests would do, right? Which are copies of the true thing. But he is, he is, the, the tabernacle that dwelt with us. I mean, yeah, he had human hands, but those hands were nailed upon the cross um, for the forgiveness of our sins. 
And uh, th- that's what Jesus does for us. So remember that this day. Uh, we'll stop there. Uh, why don't we pray? Dear Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you uh, for your word. Lord, we know that it is written. And for it is written, uh, your will is done. Uh, Lord, bless us in the redemption uh, through your blood that we rest assured knowing that by your death for us, on behalf of us, uh, you forgive us of all of our sins. Uh, Lead us, O Lord, in this faith and grant us uh, a good conscience and a clear one, knowing full well that we are covered by the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Bible study presentation from Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.